the biggest battle we will ever have to face is the battle between you and you. It's the battle of taking your mind to that limit and then breaking through. On the Mindful Experiment podcast, we will share concepts, universal laws, and interviewing individuals who have done just that, who have gone through the dark times and through those moments allowed their light to shine bright. I'm your host, Dr. Vic Manzo, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and taking this journey with me as we discover different avenues to break through those limits, expand your reality, and evolve into the person you desire to be. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode with The Mindful Experiment. This is your host, Dr. Vic. I must say this uh, new interview that we did with Dr. Nima was awesome. I've known Dr. Nima now for almost 10 years, and he has a very energetic guy. He's just, he has a lot of passion, a lot of energy. He's really an amazing human being, and I've been very honored and blessed to have gotten to know him over the years and to see him blossom and grow and achieve high levels of success in so many arenas. Uh, in this interview, we, we, we dive into a lot about what's most commonly we see in society today. We're going to talk about toxic relationships and how they really affect us in so many different ways. And, and a lot of the times, it's not even us. It's it's something that happens intergenerationally within our family. and But just because it does doesn't mean you have the power to change it. And we'll dive into that. And he's going to go through his step-by-step process of what he goes through. And I'm telling you, this is going to be an eye-opening interview that I promise you're going to love. You're going to be amazed by. You're going to walk away and just start to have better clarity. I know I did. The moment we got off the, the podcast interview... I was like, wow, I can see things in a different way. And he talks about spiritualism and just getting to the highest level what humans be and so much more. It's just an awesome interview. I was really happy to have him on. And I promise you, it's going to be a lot of great content for you. Get a notebook, pen and paper out and definitely check this out. Also, just want to share some upcoming things going on. A 30 second commercial. Um, check out empoweryourreality.com and go to classes. We have an awesome 12-week program coming up starting December 3rd. If you go ahead and register, I can um, check it out. Um, If you put take 30 off as a code for the program, if you're interested, check it out. It's our 12-week program on mindset and fasting and and really shifting your mind, body, and soul to really get you to the highest level you possibly can in those 12 weeks. Um, so check it out. Just take The code is take 30 off. If you're interested, you get $30 off the program, and it allows you to um, – Play around, play with me and the group that we're going to have and truly in helping you shift and prepare to have make 2019 the best ever and help the body, mind and soul. So with no further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this amazing interview with Dr. Nima. Well, Dr. Nima, it is. I'm so excited to have you on. How are you, buddy? I am. It's an honor. I mean, how long ago did we meet? What was this? 2010? Yeah. Been almost 
nine years, actually. Eight years since we met. It's crazy how time flies. You know, you just get so caught up in your world and it's just like, but I've kept an eye on you. I've always been like, how's Nima doing? What's he up to now? Yeah, man. Likewise. And I love what you're up to. We're going to dive into that. I, I'm so excited to have you on, which I just, we gel. I mean, when I first met you, I just gelled with you. And I was just like, this, this yeah. is a cool dude. Uh, he's going to be doing some big things. And uh, with your humor, you got the salsa thing. Uh, big <laughs> I got to get back into it, to be honest. But it's been a while. I'm a little very rusty. I um, can teach you, but I'm, I'll have to charge. <laughs> I bet. It's all right. I've seen what you can do. You're pretty amazing. <laughs> So let's, let's dive in. I mean, so chiropractor, you know, you became a chiropractor and now you, 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 you we were talking earlier, you kind of shifted gears about three years ago and now you're doing this, uh, this huge thing, which we're going to dive into the overview method and all that stuff. How, what kind of led you, what kind of shifted you? Cause as being a chiropractor, what kind of said, all right, I don't want to do chiropractic anymore. I, I want to get deeper. What, how'd that whole journey start? Well, It started, um, you know, it was one of those from pain to purpose things. It was actually 10 years ago when I look at it. Um, When I was a kid, my parents always wanted me to be a real doctor. And when I, uh, when I decided to become a chiropractor, they were kind of like, they didn't get it. And so fast forward a few years, uh, I have one of the largest multidisciplinary clinics in the province in British Columbia, Canada, where I live. And they were visiting me in this one day and they just happened to be visiting me at this magical time. And so I just really always wanted to prove to them that I made the right choice. And they came in for, to take me out to lunch and in walks in this woman named Gwen, as I'm about to leave, she wasn't actually walking in. She had to be carried in uh, from with, by her husband To make a long story short, she was dealing with a crap ton of other symptoms other than her her sciatica, shooting pain down the back of her leg. She had anxiety, depression, high blood pressure, um, you know, blood sugar disorders, diabetes, all of this stuff that she was dealing with. And when I went into her uh, interview just with her, she basically said that, uh, you know, she had one of those really long stories of suffering. And so at the time... I was only doing, you know, nervous system work, chiropractic work, you know, not really dealing with the emotional stuff. I always knew, just like you know, um, when patients are coming in, stress is the primary cause of what's happening. So we're dealing with the end stages of stress Uh, on a physical structural level. We're able to, as chiropractors, impact the nervous system in a fantastic way. But the chiropractic visit itself doesn't help somebody unwind or or edit or recontextualize their stories of suffering. And this woman had a long story of suffering. So make a long story short, she had her first adjustment. And in that moment, uh, she got, got up and walked out to the front and was able to walk for the first time, teary-eyed saying, it's a miracle, it's a miracle. And so her husband was crying as well. She was crying. My parents were sitting there watching the entire thing. They walked, they saw her not able to walk in and with her own volition walk out and tears in their eyes. I'm a bit of a wuss. I was crying too. (laughs) And so that was the start of me working with Gwen over the next few months. She was able to get off all of her pain medications. And in that moment, there was one moment that she 
um, you know, she no shows for an appointment a few months in. She's off of her painkillers, off of her, you know, crutches. She just, she just light has come back into her eyes. And she came in and no showed for an appointment. And our, our staff called her and asked her, you know, where are you? You know, what's going on? Gwen and her husband answered the phone and said, unfortunately, Gwen died of a heart attack this morning. And it was at that moment I was like, oh, crap, you know, I know all of this stuff about changing the story, re- re- rewriting stressful events, clearing emotional traumas through the kind of private personal development work I was doing for myself. I was just doing it for myself. And in that moment, I basically awoken to what a doctor actually is, which is teacher. So it was from that moment I decided and committed that I was going to create little workshops for my patients that we weren't only going to deal with the end stages of stress, but we were going to go after the root cause, which was usually about the traumas and the challenges in their past. And slowly, that was 10 years ago, as I developed myself and kept doing the work, as they say, um, Fast forward seven, eight years later, I decide I'm, I make a declaration that I, you know, I want to do this full time because the patients that would come in to see me and who would attend my Saturday afternoon workshops uh, would have massive healing transformations and have better outcomes than the ones who really didn't address the emotional thing. So I said, you know what, I want to do this full time. My, my heart was into the teaching. Doctor actually means teacher. So I decided I was going to become a real doctor and. Uh, transform my practice into a global one where I'm teaching people through uh, these life skills for a stressful world. And that three-hour Saturday morning um, workshop turned out, turned into a two-day seminar called the Overview Experience, where I teach people tools and how to take whatever has been in the way, constraining them, to now what's on the way. And what I've observed is that 90% of these people are coming in with a relationship toxicity and uh, something, a constraint in their relationship, whether there's a codependency, there's an abuse, there's an abandonment, there is a volatility. So I basically help people now heal from toxicity in relationship through these uh, tools of self-inquiry through a top-down and a bottom-up approach. And um, this is the most fun I've ever had in my entire life. I love it. It's uh, where do you think toxic relationships begin? Where does it all start? Well, good question. It it's very simple, and anybody who's listening pretty much knows. If you're in victim mentality, you're going to say it starts with the other person being an asshole. Uh, that's usually where it starts for most people. But the healing happens when you can fully own everything you're projecting onto the other person and you're fully owning that you're transferring all of the toxicity from past relationships. So it starts with the relationship with the self based on the core wounds of your life. Um, it starts with the voice of the dark passenger that didn't actually start with you. So toxic relationships, really, if we were to really say the truth of, of where it begins, um, it actually didn't start with you. This is intergenerational trauma that came from not your, your, it's, you know, your parents, 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 parents that have been passed down cyclical traumatic events uh, through epigenetics that you get to, you're literally born into, which 
you know, you go through experience after experience that has a child because a child is very narcissistic. As you know, it's everything about them. They interpret every event as being something about them. So to answer your question, Vic, um, the toxic relationship begins intergenerationally. You inherited as inherited family trauma that you narcissistically turn around and interpret as being about you not being enough not being worthy, not being lovable. So it's your relationship with the self based on core wounds that have attachment wounds that have come long before you were even born. So that's where it all begins. And so it was in my journey of recovery from my own toxicity in relationships through a divorce, through a relationship breakdown that had me then go, holy crap, this didn't even start with me. And it's, it started with the toxic relationship with myself that I inherited from past relationships, from past uh, intergenerational trauma that I'm just carrying on. And if I don't actually take part in the transformation of that story and the healing from the mind and the body, not just cognitively, but in the cells of my body through, uh, through you know, stored trauma in the body, then I'm just going to keep repeating the cycle. And that's why the people who are listening, they'll be able to say, you know what, I promised myself I'm never going to end up like my father. I promised myself I'm never going to be like my mother. And if you don't get that part right, you will start acting out and playing out exactly the same patterns that you swore to God that you (laughs) never would be doing. And it's all happening unconsciously. So it all starts with the self. I love it. It can start with you, but it can transform with you if you take it on. And that's the next question I was going to ask. Because some people may hear like, well, it's passed down. It's intergenerational. Oh, my God. So that means, you know, people think sometimes that's gene related. So I can't, they may fall back into that like victim style. Can you you transcend it? Can you, or what's the process to do that? Uh, that's that's basically the process to do that. You know, I learned this after uh, a huge relationship breakdown uh, just about several months ago. And it forced me to look and go, holy crap, look at what I've become. I've become exactly what I promised myself I wouldn't. And I had to look at myself uh, and and really turn the lights on and really discover all the nasty um, just gnarly, completely uh, inauthentic, narcissistic, manipulative ways of being that I basically became through ego, pride, and greed because I was trying to fulfill this broken part of me because I had felt that I wasn't enough, which led me into such behavior that attracted events that had me go, what the hell? And so what's the process? I I looked around and I couldn't find the answer. So I had to actually do research and put all of that process together for myself. And it, you know, you know how the pain becomes the purpose. Uh, It ended up becoming the best experience of my life. Um, I basically had to own up to the fact that I was participating fully engaged in a, an abusive uh, relationship you know, both ways, but I had to own up to my end of that spectrum. And the process basically, number one is really to, it's kind of like a five-step process that, that everyone needs to go to. The first step that we can discuss, which you can really resonate with is to un 
F your nervous system. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how, I don't know how, um, you know, how open you are to, to foul language, but real real and raw brother, real Real and raw. raw. All right. So first and foremost, the way you undo it is to really own up to the fact that your anxiety, your sleeplessness, your, your tweaked up, uh, highly, um, activated nervous system is completely fucked (laughs) and it is nobody else's responsibility, but yours to unfuck your nervous system. And that is done through, obviously, through both external means and internal means. So the externals are exercise, chiropractic, you know, you might do acupuncture, um, whatever you can do that helps to regulate the nervous system. If you have a spine or a nervous system that's out of balance, then you're actively kind of amped up in high, high cortisol levels. So when you're getting adjusted, that helps to bring down the activation in your nervous system. But there's also internal means. And the one that I discovered this year that was the most profound is, is breath work. Mm. It is the, it's just really getting in and consciously connected breathing, which most of the time you, people listening won't even realize that they're not actually breathing properly. So I had to learn from the foundation of that is, is, is the breath and the way that you breathe is how you think, you know, and if you have a, if you're holding in, you're, you're, you're not breathing in, you're not taking in and receiving from the universe. So you're living in lack and limitation, which I was. And so that causes you in order to get your needs met when you're living in lack and limitation, you then become extremely, uh, separatist from other people. You become narcissistic, you become manipulative because you perceive that there is a lack and it starts with the breath. <laughs> so to unfuck your nervous system, breath work, chiropractic, exercise, forming habits and rituals each and every day, which guide your nervous system to uh, structure, um, journaling, like in journaling, affirmations, visualizations, that kind of thing. And the, the number one thing for your nervous system, I believe, is to align your day with meaningful high-priority action steps. So aligning your day each day uh, with the three most prioritized things that is going to move the needle forward in your life that's meaningful to you. And if you don't know the meaning of your life and you don't have that purpose, there's a reason. It's because you're stuck in the past. Mm-hmm. So that brings the next kind of step to answer your question is to clear the past traumas uh, through a bottom-up and a top-down approach. A bottom-up is through the attunement and, and nervous system regulation, breath work, and the top-down is to change the story. So you got to quit playing victim to mom and dad. So the toxic relationship that you've just brought into your life is a gift to kind of hold a mirror of all of the shit that you haven't really completed with mom and dad. The abandonment, the rejection, the, um, uh, what do we call it, the unworthiness, all of those stories that you've kind of made up about mom and dad and have experienced are stored in the body and in the mind. So we unconsciously, Freud calls it the repetition compulsion, we start to create, um, because it's so familiar to us, we start to get into relationships with people that bring up those same feelings. And if you don't get that part right and do the work, you're going to keep going from one relationship to another, which I was doing, and having this same shit come up over and over again, thinking it's the other person until you see a pattern and go, holy crap, there's something in here for me to look at. And when you do get it right, you transform a toxic relationship into one that's more regulated by having the other person 
you know, shift because of the work that you've done, or you now are able to kind of attract the perfect partner because of who you've become. So that's the next step in that. And then uh, the last step really is to transform your relationship with your shadow, the parts of you that you hate, the <laughs> shame, the guilt, the, the addictions, the compulsions, the stuff that you don't want anyone to know about. Um, you really got to face that head on and go into the dark and transform your relationship with your shadow self. The things you're avoiding in you, you got to face head on your anger, your manipulation, your violence, your cheating, your lying, your, uh, all of those things that, that you are, uh, to, to, to be able to see the gift in it. And the last part is that you definitely can't do it alone. You need a community, a tribe and a, a mentor who's, um, climbed that mountain, cried those tears and has done his or her own work with it. And that's basically the steps that you do. And when you get it right, you're then all of a sudden can look in a mirror and say, Oh my God, I love that person. And when you can save that, all of a sudden you start attracting the person who's a reflection of that. So it's a very humbling thing that you're, that when I realized that I was attracting a perfect match for the person that I was towards myself, and most people stuck in toxic relationships are quick to blame the other person and say, well, if only they would do the work so that I wasn't triggered and having to face all the shit that, that I'm having to face in this relationship, then I'll be happy. And it just works the exact opposite way, Vic. I love that. It's simple, straightforward, easy to comprehend. Yeah. Um, easy, simple, but not easy. <laughs> no, because my next question was, is how many people in your experience, loves the run away from the darkness, from the shadow self. Oh, that's what, that's most people. Um, they just want to uh, have a healing. They want to go to a hypnotherapist and have the problem solved without them having to look at their disgusting truth. <laughs> <laughs> just let me heal this, but I don't want to, I don't want to face myself. I don't want to look at how I was a, participant to this it's easier for me to play the victim and have it have all of the shit that's happened it was done to me rather than and what they don't get is that if they truly want that amazing relationship it starts with transforming the relationship with self which means going into the dark parts of the self the shadow the part that you can't see your blind spots the parts that you think is not you but um, you know, you're pointing a finger at the other person and calling them the narcissist, calling them the insecure one, calling them the little child. And you're not able to see that you are exactly the same thing and in a very different form, but in your own way and owning up to it and actually loving that part of you. If you don't learn how to do that, you're going to keep bumping into people that are your reflection and they're trying to get you to love that part of you. And just say, oh, maybe it's time for me to um, find somebody else. Uh, find somebody else that's not going to bring this shit up in me. And it just keeps coming up again, 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 again. So it's just really crap when you don't get it right. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> and can you ever find someone where it won't come up? Or is it... Uh, yes. Yes. What will happen is you're going to then incorrectly assume that you're going to find somebody that this is not going to come up in, that they're not going to challenge me. They're not going to trigger me. They're not going to bring up stuff. And what will happen is you'll probably go and date that other person after you've left the toxic relationship. The pendulum will swing to somebody completely opposite and you'll get bored to tears. 
because you'll be like, oh my God, like this person isn't really challenging me. They are a yes person. They're completely infatuated with me and they are just saying yes to everything and not challenging me. And then you might ex experience boredom. So the ideal relationship is going to give you, as Jordan Peterson had a great uh, conversation about this, um, is going to challenge you because you are here to grow. You're here to grow and relationship becomes a spiritual practice for you to get triggered so that you can look, look within and then heal all the broken parts of yourself so that you can mature. That's really the whole goal of a relationship. So when you have nurtured and fostered the re that relationship with yourself, you will attract somebody who will support and challenge you in ways that don't cause the same level of volatility. So the whole goal is to find somebody who supports and challenges you so that you guys are both approaching this from a regulated standpoint rather than trying to find somebody who's just going to be easy because you're going to get bored if you seek, seek after that. Go ahead and try. Let me know how it works for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're, you're kind of describing my, my former life, man. I mean, literally, you know, you, this is everyone. It's a pattern. <laughs> you know, I, 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 uh, I, uh, you know, we talk, we'll talk about this in just a second here. I know we, uh, we talked about pain and pain, you know, why people merge together and stuff like that. But I remember when I was tired of like having someone bring up my own pain, I was like, I just want to find someone who can uh, uh, be easygoing. And then I did. And I was like, what the fuck? This is not what I want. I am bored out of my mind. I, I'm not growing. It's done. I need to move on. And uh, it's funny how that works. Funny yeah. how that works. You're, you're just like everybody else, my friend. We're all the same. We all that. go into relationships because we want to have, you know, fulfillment, intimacy, all of that stuff. And what we soon discover is that that person is bringing up all of the parts of the wounds that we haven't yet completed in a perfect way uh, so that we either take it on and do the work ourselves or delusionally expect that they're supposed to not... Um, uh, activate us. They're not supposed to piss us off and they're supposed to piss us off enough for us to self-develop and self-actualize to the greatest versions of ourselves. And that often happens through pain. And we delusionally think that love isn't supposed to be pain, but it is. Love is pleasure and pain. It's a duality. And the more we seek after relationships as the high, the more, the more out of resource you are, the more you're not living according to some sort of a meaning and purpose beyond just having somebody validate you, the more we're going to seek after somebody to give us what's missing inside. And unfortunately, it will never be enough. It will yeah. never, ever, ever be enough. Nothing externally will ever be enough to fill the cracks in the floorboard of what's missing inside that it's your responsibility to take part in, to, to, to actually heal so that you can self-actualize. Ooh, some deep stuff there, man. Some totally. Stuff. Love it. Um, it's probably the most important conversation that everyone uh, will, will, will have in their lives because we're all here. Uh, relationships, you know, our lives are about relationships. And yeah. so we incorrectly try to live a life where we're trying to avoid people who trigger us. Whereas I have taken it on as I deliberately hang out with people and move towards the trigger because through the activation, through that trigger, I can then, it's a window of opportunity to look at deeper at myself and love myself even deeper because oh, yeah. whatever you're bringing up, like if I hang out with you for a week, you're going to bring up stuff that 
that within me and activate me in ways that I can op- I can use as an opportunity to look at myself and love myself, or I can incorrectly assume that it's your job to avoid pissing me off. <laughs> and that way you can't really connect and have deep, intimate relationships with people if you live with that delusion. Totally. And that's, you know, I, I love what you're saying there too, because it's like, I see in society today, you know, we're more of not wanting to embrace that to, 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 to be shun away from people who are in an opposite of us, or they bring something up in us. Instead, we just like to fly. Not saying there's, I mean, I kind of says I'm going against tribes or communities, which I'm not, I'm a huge fan of them. I have my own that I'm a big fan of too. But, uh, but it's one of those things where like people will, will shy away, like, victim mind mentality and things like that uh, instead of embracing it. Like for example, friends who some people say, I don't want to be around this person because let's say I'm a Republican and they're a Democrat, Oh yeah, which yeah. I'm not a Republican by the way. But <laughs> if I was, let's just say I'm not a Democrat either. I always tell people, but if I was, well, I don't want to have a Democrat as a friend. Nope. They're not politically correct. I don't want to have nothing to do with them. I'm going to hang out with my Republican friends and that's what I care about. I'm going to hang out with people who um, are exactly like me. Well, that's just the thing is that we deliberately seek those that support our values, Vic, mm-hmm. but we're constantly attracting those that challenge our values because we're here to grow. Yep. And so true maturity comes from being able to hold two opposing beliefs or ideas or, or feelings together. That's integration. And that takes maturity. And um, it's the question is, can I be in a room with somebody who thinks completely the opposite of me and still feel at peace with myself? And so what that person is saying when they can't be in the same room as somebody who has a different ideology is that they're so not grounded in who they are that they need to have people around them that validate their existence. Otherwise, they can't just be, com- they can't be comfortable. Ooh, that's some deep stuff there. Does that so make true. sense? Oh, that it makes makes, sense. makes perfect not, sense to me. I'm not very political. I don't have any. I'm not. I don't have any attachment to any kind of ideology. But let's say I'm a Republican, and uh, I, I say no. I'm not hanging out with you unless you're a, a Democrat. Basically, what or or even were or, or same thing. Same thing happens in religion. Is like okay. So I am a let's say I'm a Christian or let's say I'm a Muslim. Muslim. All right. I'm a Muslim and I'm not going to hang out with you if you don't have the same ideologies as me. In other words, I have so little confidence and certainty and faith in my own connection to my higher self that I constantly need other people around me to have the same so that I can validate my own existence because I'm so detached from who I truly am. Whereas if I am truly grounded in my higher self and who I am, then whoever's around me, I, I'm, I'm, I'm Persian. I can literally sit in the same room as a Nazi skinhead and have him hate on me. And I can show compassion towards him because I have absolute certainty of who I am. In fact, I can look at him and not be at the mercy, at the effect of his ego. I can see a wounded guy and try to understand him. If I'm fully resourced and I'm fully regulated in my nervous system, I'm able to look at somebody with a completely different ideology, even somebody who has full of hate in his heart. And I can go, holy crap, this guy really needs to feel heard. And I would sit there and listen and hear him and not have his beliefs 
at all stand in the way of me fully loving and embracing who I truly am. That is the ultimate of being resourced, mature, love, gratitude, a, a leader. That's really what, what, what's available to us if we're will, willing to take on the work. But we're just so damn delusional in that the belief of everyone should really believe and think what I believe so that I can then love myself. It's just interesting to me. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. And I love, I love how you said the word, you know, understand, because to me, I think love really is one of the big components of it is just understanding an individual. That's, that's right. Un that's unconditional love to me. But the thing is, is that if my nervous system is completely fucked <laughs> and I am still at the mercy of my past and I'm still holding on to it, I'm not worthy story then what'll happen is I'll be around you, for example, you'll say something that I disagree with and I'll get triggered because I need to defend, my ego needs to defend my own existence. Mm -hmm. So then I, I just, instead of understanding where you're coming from, I'm going to be in a position where I need to defend and justify and attack my, and that comes from a place of ego. But when, I go, when I'm resourced, when I'm connected to my higher self, then I'm in kind of a soul awakened consciousness. Then whatever you say that I'm, I, it doesn't knock me into my wound and I can actually look and go, hmm, I wonder where Vic's coming from. Ah, he must've come from that because his experiences lended him to having these beliefs. And I'd get curious. I go, wow. Instead of furious, I would get curious and go, hmm, like that. I wonder where you got. I'm curious to know, how did you come to those beliefs? In fact, what I recommend you do is everyone watch the uh, movie on Netflix. It's called Accidental Courtesy. Hmm, okay. Is this guy, it's, a, it's kind of like a low-budget documentary, but it's fascinating. Is this black man who goes around interviewing people from the KKK. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. All right. In his path, he just by getting curious and understanding where the other guy is coming from, goes, he's like, okay, look, here's the deal. I just want to know how you got to believe what you believed. And he sat down and he befriended these people. And 24 of them, simply by him going to a place of love and understanding, 24, I think it was 24, and, and he shows it. 24 of them gave up their, um, their membership in the KKK. And what they do is they give him the gift of their whole kind of, you know, the hooded outfits, those mm -hmm. ridiculous looking outfits. <laughs> so he, he has a collection of like 24 of them just by him interviewing people. I love that. I'll and what, hap what happens is in the video is very interesting because there's a few black men who are really, you know, wounded from their, from, of course, there's a lot of wounds that racism creates, right? Mm -hmm. But what'll happen is uh, he'll interview them and the black guys are the ones more resistant to him. They're like, what are you doing? Are you like an Uncle Tom going and talking to all these people? What the fuck's the matter with you? And so it's a really interesting thing. And it just, it, it really hammers home the, un, the, the whole point, what you just said of understanding, yeah. is that am I willing to abandon or, or get or, or go beyond the effect of my ego, my wounds, and to get into the other person's world? And this is really the key to healing toxic relationships. It's just resourcing yourself to the point where you have really healed that relationship with the self, where you have such a deep, profound love and understanding for your journey, all of your shames, your guilts, 
You see that wounded inner child with you. You've resourced that. Now you step up with confidence and certainty. You're able to look the other person in the eye, whatever they're saying at you, and you see through, you're not at the effect of their ego. You actually have compassion towards them. And so this is the difficult work. It's not automatic, but there's a process to go through to get to that point. But it's only with the willing participant. It's true. You got to step in and, and do the work like anything else, right? Yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally. I, I love it. And, you know, it, I remember we were chatting a little bit earlier, you know, how do, you know, cause I always, in the spiritual realms, I like to study a lot of the spiritual stuff, you know, and, and, and which, and it talks a lot about like when it comes to two people coming together, uh, the reason why they're you, one activates another pain body, as we talked about earlier was, is all yeah. about growth, you know, right. and making you focus, make you be aware, uh, con- try to get it consciously to look, at where it is and once your focus shifts bam that's where the opportunity or the potential of healing can exist um right and i love how you use pain body uh i i, I you know that's a um uh what's his name eckhart tolle he gives yeah yeah it's an eckhart uh, term and people i i ask people i kind of challenge people so what's pain body because <laughs> it's <laughs> Because it's a big, everyone loves to throw that word. Oh, it's you've activated the pain body, the pain body. I'm like, okay, so I figured out what it is. Do you know what it is? Are you asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. It is. So it's like a pain, you know, pain body is something, it's a wound within you that have, you have not healed and it could come in many different forms. Yes. So let me, let me, let me help you to um, kind of recontextualize that. The pain body is your wounded inner child. Yes. Period. That's it. And so it can get activated in many ways, but the key is, and it will always be there. The key is if you fully resource, you can really temper it and you can become conscious. And the key and the Holy grail is to become so resourced and aware and, 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 and nurturing of yourself that you can then create a relationship when you can co-regulate where you are so Um, grounded in your own pain body or wounded inner child and you get to know the other persons and you set up agreements and structures in place where you can co-regulate each other's wounded inner children that to me is a conscious relationship and that's one i'm creating i love that man and that's a work in progress for the rest of your life it is. It never ends. You know, it's just like health, right? Health, as you know, as a chiropractor, uh, it's an ongoing process and never ends. Mm-hmm. And, and what I love about chiropractic is that it ties into other fabrics of life. The same principles there reside to every, pretty much any principle in life. You always have to constantly be working. It's a process, which, yep. which means it never ends. There's never, you're never complete. It's just a, always a work in process. Totally. I'm a work in progress, baby. Yes, sir. I love it. So am I. Um, So when two people come together, what is the whole, we talked a little about, you know, uh, before about some love and uh, uh, love at first sight. Ah. (laughs) Talk to me a little about love at first sight. The people is for those of you who are just looking for that spark, that love at first sight. Well, I'm willing (laughs) I have a theory based on all of the people that I've worked with that the bigger the attraction initially energetically to someone where you're just like, you know how it is. It's like you look at somebody and like, you don't know what it is, but you are just magnetized, like infatuated. Like it's just so freaking powerful that you can't, you can't stand it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. 
Been okay. there. You've been there. Now, let's use you as an example because hypotheticals don't work. So <laughs> did you notice, Vic, that in that relationship where you were magnetized like a freaking magnet, <laughs> nope. like a powerful magnet, my theory is that the more powerful the initial attraction, the deeper the core wound in each of you that you're designed to powerfully amplify. Yeah, I could definitely see that. So in other words, the more passion, the more crazy ups, the more powerful the downs. In other words, that person perfectly triggers a core wound within you that you're here, that, 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 that's, that's more painful. Just, just by who they are, just by their personality, activates that core wound, whether it's abandonment or rejection. Uh, usually that's what it is, abandonment or rejection. Um, whether it is like overly that person, like their insecurity, that kind of thing, whether it's like you're the rescuer. So let me give you an example. If you have a core wound that you have uh, with your father, that he was an alcoholic, uh, that you needed to rescue or mother that you needed to rescue and in order to get your survival needs met. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you didn't feel safe and secure unless you basically put all your needs aside and you made it your business to resource your mom and dad because they were, or dad, because they were such a shit show that you, in order for you to feel safe and survive, you had to take care of them first. Okay. And resource that person in order to be a, so in other words, you had to become a rescuer mm -hmm. in order to, and it becomes familiar. It's like, Oh my God, in order to survive and get my needs met, I got to become this rescuer. This is very common in a lot of people, right? Is that so what, oh, go ahead. So what happens is that becomes this core wound in that individual, right? This, this familiar, okay. So what happens is that person's become, a person becomes a rescuer and starts to prioritize other people and fix, becomes a fixer and a rescuer, thinking that, oh my God, I just do this for, I just fix others, I fix others truthfully because I'm such an altruistic individual. Truthfully, that's just as much narcissistic. <laughs> you do that to get your needs met. You do that to feel safe. So what you do is you start um, attracting like powerfully, passionately, absolute shit shows that need rescuing who become in the narcissistic way, just like it's familiar in the, um, in your childhood, you become the codependent. That person becomes the narcissist and you start pointing a finger and going, ah, this person's a narcissist. And you start throwing all these labels at that other person, not realizing that you are the perfect energetic match because you haven't completed <laughs> that story of rescuing with mom, the alcoholic mom or father or whatever shit show that you were trying to, you know, take care of to get your needs met, you've magnified or sorry, attracted, magnetized the perfect person to help you complete that. But you're completely, and it's unconscious. Yeah. And the thing is, is that the bigger the initial attraction, the bigger, uh, the bigger the initial attraction, the deeper the core wound. So that's a common one that we see. It's a, a complete archetype that we see continuously. And the answer always is to go back and resource yourself and do all of those steps. Heal the nervous system, complete with the past, get complete with your shadow, have a mentor or a guide that's been there and a community that's going to hold you accountable to the greatest version of you. Most people make the mistake of trying to do it alone 
or to get a counselor to fix it. And it just never works that way. So true. So true. I see it. I see it uh, also. And it's uh, something when, when you talk about resourcing, I know you said breath work. Yeah. Do you have a practice you like? What has really resonated with you? Yeah. Well, well, when I, um, yes, uh, there's different types of breath work. There's holotropic breath work and mm. conscious, consciously connected breath work. I have a, 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 you know, I found a breath work practitioner through friends. It was just happened haphazard by luck that I did. And I had my first session and I just started bawling like a baby because what happens is it's kind of like a, a plant medicine experience, ayahuasca experience where you go into kind of like see different parts of you. What happens is when you do breath work, it slows the brain waves down and it kind of puts your body into a trance relaxed state. So any traumas stored in the body start to bubble up, even the ones that you're not consciously aware of. And this is where sexual trauma comes up. This is where separation trauma comes up, abandonment, physical trauma. Uh, and it's, it's an uncomfortable, painful process. There's tears involved, there's anger, there's rage, but these are trapped emotions stored in your body. And it's important to find somebody uh, that you can, you know, it's a practice, right? So it's kind of like yoga. So in the beginning, you know, you have to do a few sessions uh, to, to get that trauma out of the body. And then it becomes kind of like a cultivating practice that you can do yourself. You have a playlist that you turn on 20, 25 minutes, and then you practice that art of consciously connected breathing. And there's a way to do it. And, um, you know, it's a skill to learn. And then you can practice it throughout the day. Right now, I can sit here and talk to you and just be like, how am I breathing right now? And that's the instant access to the present moment, instant access to you know, connecting uh, and activating your parasympathetics. And so it's a, both a conscious and a not breath work is so powerful because it's an unconscious thing until you can actively make it conscious. And then when you make it conscious, you now can regulate your nervous system. So this is all about regulating the nervous system and it starts with the breath. I love that, man. I mean, I've, I've heard a little bit about holotrop holotropic, uh, breath work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and it's, powerful stuff my pre my my preference is conscious connected breathing holotropic is a little scary because it's kind of like hyperventilating you're like <laughs> <laughs> for three hours right and so it's amazing i mean stan groff invented it he was the guy that you know practiced lsd therapeutic mm -hmm. lsd and yeah. uh, he, then it became illegal so he's like well when people would get into this um, LSD trip, uh, they would change their breathing. I wonder if we could alter the breathing and then have the same effect. And lo and behold, just with breath work, you can have the same effect as going into kind of like a plant-based, um, ceremony, you know, it's pretty powerful. And it's funny you brought up ayahuasca cause like, um, and, and yeah. by the way, since I learned this in all of my events, we do a top down and a bottom up approach to healing the nervous system. And, um, we start with breath work on the Friday and we end with breath work on Sunday afternoon after we've changed the story. And so we had this event two or three weeks ago, had a woman come in with all sorts of autoimmune problems and she left with a completely different nervous system. And on the group call just last night, she said, Oh my God, uh, my digestion has changed. I couldn't move in and out of my car, but after whatever we did on that weekend, I have full movement, full range of motion, and it's not a treatment for autoimmune. It's just healing your nervous system basically takes care of every 
challenge that your body has been um, kind of holding in. So it's very powerful. And I now incorporate it in the programs that I help with people going through uh, transitional anxiety and um, uh, toxic relationship healing. And this woman almost didn't join because she was afraid of, you know, spending the money of going into the darkness and, you know, of what would come out the other side. And she had all of that resistance and fear. And it was like going into the unknown. And so uh, she took that step and she's completely transformed and on a road to recovery that she's never been before with everything she's tried. I love that, man. That's just so awesome. Yeah, I mean, breath work is is just it's just powerful. I mean, Hindus, Hindus, they uh, they yeah. always. I mean, they talk about it's life. It's it's everything. How you breathe is how you live your life. Totally. And uh, very very cool stuff. I, I love. Um, you know, I remember I I've done many variations of breath work. I work with a shaman, and he uh, he was um, he's got me into what's called a cobra breath, and I've done that a little bit, and it it does take you. It's just interesting how different techniques, just like chiropractic has its own techniques. Yep. Um, it's different techniques. And I always tell people, find what works for you. Cause like Wim Hof is blow. You ever heard Wim Hof method? Yep. Right. Yeah. It's, it's blowing, up. blowing up like crazy. And I always, some people are like, wow, what is it? And some do it and they go, I don't get the effects like what I hear. And I'm like, well, you know, there's many different forms of breath work. You just got to find the one that works for you. Totally. Yeah. And, uh, at the end of January, I'm having an event uh, in Vancouver and you got to come, you got to experience the entire thing. It's like very powerful. You leave with an, ent- like you look in a mirror and you just see a different person from one, from Friday to Sunday. It's very powerful. It's like, a leaving, it's like a, um, it's ringing out all the tension. And I also do chiropractic work throughout for everybody. So it's like, like everything that you can do to heal your nervous system, you're doing <laughs> over a weekend and it, it's critical. So I do them once every quarter for people, for myself. I love it. Yeah. No, definitely. Uh, I definitely would be, that's right up my alley, man. I love it. Beautiful. Um, very cool. So let's see here. I think I got almost everything I wanted to ask you today, my friend, except three. I got a couple other questions here. Yeah. So I met you t- almost, almost 10 years ago. Yeah. Okay. So what advice would you give yourself for what you know now? What would you share with yourself 10 years ago? What advice would I give 10, 10 years ago? Oh my goodness. You know, if I were to say, do this, do that, you know, I could easily say, you know what, just put it all in Apple, put all of your money in Apple stock. (laughs) 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 I could easily said that I'll put it all in Facebook. Just, just put it all in Facebook and Apple. And I, other than the stock advice, which is completely materialistic that I would do. Um, Ooh, it would be just to, um, you know, I wouldn't change anything. Um, so it would basically say, trust the process. Love that. Trust the process. And, and you're the first person that has ever said, of all the people I've interviewed so far, have never have said something like, I would have invested in this stock or I would have chose these numbers at the lotto on this day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I love it. What? Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's it. What is something of the most like influential quote or a quote that means a lot to you? Mm. When the voice and the vision, John Martini. when the voice and the vision on the inside becomes louder and more profound than opinions on the outside, you've begun to master your life. 
Woo. That's one of my, that's one of the, my top favorites. And the thing is, is that it's, I'm 42. I turned 43 in a couple weeks, uh, or a week or so. It's a couple weeks. Um, Happy early birthday. Thanks brother. Um, I'm really starting to get that on a felt sense level. Finally, it's literally, it's taken me this long and I know that it's a work in progress, but it's, it's finally starting to sink in on a felt sense level to the point where I can put out something uh, as an opinion or whatever, and have you completely reject it and me totally being okay with myself and loving you still. That's deep. That's powerful. That's, that is the ultimate Holy grail that most never achieve Yeah, because we're so wrapped up in the unworthiness and we're so out of resource and we're so disconnected because of our wounded inner child. And we, we just are seeking that validation so much unconsciously through a relationship, through money, um, you know, whatever it is that we use through uh, materialist, materialistic things, through number of likes or followers or whatever it is that we use so that we can validate ourselves to not feel unworthy. Um, it, it took massive humbling, massive pain for me to just start to emerge in this voice that I can totally feel that voice in the vision is becoming louder than outside external opinions. It takes that in order for leadership to emerge. It takes that in order to have a healthy relationship with other people because it, it signifies or it, it really shares and, and, and demonstrates a healthy relationship with myself when I can have you completely disagree with me or I know that I pissed you off and you hate my guts. And me just, can I handle somebody around me being activated and triggered would not have to fix them or not have to justify myself, be so grounded in my own inner voice and see through my own ego and the other person's and be a safe witness to myself and another person. Can I be that? And that's the ultimate goal of a human being, because when you're there, you're in an outflow state, you're in an outflow state. You now have the breeding ground for healthy relationships, community, leadership, everything that makes life meaningful. I love that. The you know, image that always comes to my head when I hear things like this is always, it's like the eye of the hurricane. That's right. You know, and it's, and, and it's just the most blissful, peaceful place is the eye and the chaos and all the other BS is all around. But yeah. if you stay in that center. Yeah. And that's a practice. Oh, I'm still trying to master it. Well, the thing is, it's not still trying to master it. It's a <laughs> moment-to-moment choice. That's true. It's a moment-to-moment choice. In other words, there is no guru, coach, book, seminar. You say, oh, but I've done so much work. Why am I still so fucked up? And why am I there? I've done so much work. I've done so much this. I've done so much that. Why am I still? Why have I fell, fell back into the same thing? It must not have worked. And what happens is we humans are funny. We're always looking for easy street. We're looking for that one thing, the book, the coach, the seminar, the whatever it is externally, that's going to exonerate us from the work of remaining conscious. The easy street we're looking at. And it doesn't exist. I don't care if you took landmark five years ago or just did it. You know, (laughs) yesterday's transformation is today's ego trip. And when you're in ego, you're outside, you're unconscious, you are uh, externally motivated. Um, and, and 
it takes a moment to moment choice, as Eckhart says, is just as you distinguish your ego, yourself from ego and go, oh, there it is. Boom, you've now awoken. And the more I take on this work as a way of life, and I don't call it work anymore, I call it flow. What happens is I then don't have the need to attract a wake-up call in the form of a toxic relationship, in the form of a health crisis, in the form of anxiety or whatever the external message that's trying to hold a mirror to look at myself is, is there for. And so I just love awakening people. And the best accountability for me to stay conscious is to dedicate my life to awakening others. Because if I, if I can dedicate my life to that, it kind of forces me to live what I'm teaching, which is very self-serving because I could say, you know what, you know, fuck this. I, I can't do this too much work, but the alternative to it, which is remaining unconscious is absolutely unbearable. Yeah. So it's something I've dedicated my life to and it has profound health um, implications it has relationship implications. It has career implications. It Im implies everything in our lives. So I've just gone upstream. Whereas in my chiropractic practice, I was helping people with the problems downstream of a, of a stressful way of being. Now I just decided to go upstream and go to the root cause of the root cause of the root cause. And I love chiropractic. I still practice a couple days a week just because I like having my hands on people. But the real <laughs> juice of it is to transform somebody's uh, focus and thought and, and change someone's perspective and get them aligned with their higher self so that they can become luminaries for other people and pass it on. And that's really what my purpose here on it, on this earth is. I love that, man. That's uh, you know, as you enlighten others, it gives the opportunity for others to enlighten other individuals also. So totally. shift in the world and creating a legacy, my friend. Awesome, and, brother. Grateful for you. I'm grateful for you. I appreciate to, to know you and everything. So for everyone listening, how do they get a hold of you? How do they contact you? You go to drnima.com forward slash movie, drnima.com forward slash movie. You can see a 30-minute training that I give people on healing transitional anxiety, which is what most people are dealing with. I tried to go, what is it that what is it that they're really dealing with? Ah, it's transitional anxiety, whether it's career, purpose, uh, relationship. It all comes down to the same five critical shifts that they need to make. So I give it to them all. I, I give them the, the, the house right in that. Uh, DrNema.com forward slash movie. And go ahead and um, put your details in there and watch it. And if you have any questions, you can reach out and uh, one of the you know, the, my team can hop on a call with you to sort out uh, a strategy of getting yourself into a place where you're healthy. You can look in a mirror and you love yourself and you've looked outside and looked to the bed in, in bed next to the person next to you and said, I truly love my life and I love my partner and I'm dedicated to something greater than me, which is the ultimate um, beautiful state in this planet. I love it. Awesome or to find me on Facebook or to join my uh, group, the art of powerful alignment, which is a Facebook group. Definitely join that the art of powerful alignment. Well, I appreciate you brother with all this. Uh, I was excited to get together here and uh, to, to hear that passion of yours and uh, the amazing work that you're doing. God bless you, bro. Right back at you. Let right me know right. if I can contribute in any way. Definitely. And uh, we'll definitely uh, have to get connected. Uh, January. I'll take a look at it. I'll do all my, I'll take a look and see what's going on. 
Awesome, dude. Take care. You too, brother. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For past shows, please visit www.empoweryourreality.com. I hope this show inspired you and added to your life to help you on the journey to rediscover who you really are. To connect with us on Facebook, please visit www.facebook.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. Check us out on Twitter. The handle is Dr. Vic 21. Follow us on Instagram, www.instagram.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. If you were inspired by the podcast, pay it forward by sharing it with someone who you know can benefit from it. Thank you again for listening to the Mindful Experiment podcast, sharing paths to help you rediscover your infinite potential.